Welcome to Real Everyday People, an Eladio Nino podcast. You either die the hero or see yourself become the villain. See too many dark nights and light the way you're living. They got me living. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? This is the El Nino podcast. I'm Eladio Nino, and this is Real Everyday People. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, everybody that's been sharing and subscribing, you know, because every week, every day, I get a couple more viewers, I get a couple more likes, a couple more subscribers, so, you know, a little bit at a time, man, Um, you know, we get in there, and I just, you know, I want everybody to know, man, that I appreciate everybody, and like all these events I've been going to, I've been networking, I've been meeting so many good people, like, we're just getting phone calls like crazy, like, you know, Lit Music Entertainment, they've been doing their thing, like, every weekend, they've been out of state, they've been in Florida, they've been in Chicago, they've been in Jersey, they've been everywhere, these boys, and, uh, you know, i just been meeting so many good people, man, and just, uh, you know, the El Nino Network, man, is getting bigger and better, and, and, and I thank you guys, because you guys contribute to my well-being, and uh, so, it was a nice, beautiful day today, and Friday, Saturday, said it's supposed to be like 90, so I know everybody want to hit the beaches, go swimming and all that good stuff, I know I do, you know? <laughs> A uh, big shout out to uh, my man Jose Rivera, man, and uh, you know with his success and his fashion show the other day at the Corner Ballpark, you know, and uh, I really appreciate uh, you know him allowing me to have my booth there and and have my presence there and help even host the event. But um, you know today, man, you know I- I'm with my dog. This is one of the brothers that uh, that I've just gotten to know recently, man, and I and I kind of feel like I've known him forever. You know what I'm saying? Like just learning about him. You know he's got you know good hospitality uh, skills. You know he's invited me to his home, and you know I've met his family, and and uh, you know just hearing his story, man, just really uh, it really inspired me, and I thought it was really important for him to be able to share that because I want you guys to understand that the stories that we share from the people of our community, we are making document document documentations of our community who we are and where we're from and i tell my guests a lot of times too when we talk about uh, the local gangs that come from the communities like we're talking about hundreds and thousands of year ago years ago where where tribal people have migrated and that's all the gangs are they're just they're they're tribes you know what i'm saying of of our communities of our cities of our states and of our countries you know and it's important for people to be educated to know who once was here who's here who settled you know who has come and who has gone you know but uh without no further ado man this guy's talented he does music you know he's a father and uh he be taking care of his business man it's my man sombra galvan what's up bro hey man mucho gusto man gracias for having me man for real de corazón i appreciate it bueno me llamo martin galvan pero me llaman sombra you know um, I'm actually from San Fernando Valley, Cali, but I was raised in the Southwest Detroit all my life, man. So that's why a lot of people tell me I look like a Cali baby, because I am a Cali baby, but I was just raised there all my life in Detroit, you know? Yeah, no doubt. You know what's funny is because I was born in Chicago, and you know the term Chicano. Yeah. You know, so I never really understood the full term of what Chicano meant. I thought it was somebody who was from Chicago. So I would be <laughs> telling everybody, I'm, I'm Chicano. And like some people would be like, what does Chicano mean? I'd be like, it means when you're born in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's crazy, It makes man. sense, though. Yeah, that's man. what I thought. But, you know, later on in life, I, I realized that they use the term Chicano as a Mexican-American. Mexican-American, yeah. You know, Mexican-American. Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, uh, what's his name? Chicha Chong, man. Yeah, Simone, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I'm, a, I'm a proud Chicano, no? you know, Mexican-American, man. Both parents immigrants. They crossed over here when they were younger, you know, so. And we're still yeah. here, man. You're trying yeah. to what, what part of Mexico is your family from? Pues mi papá, mi papá es de Guanajuato, en un ranchito que se llama Sato de Peña. Mi mamá es de uh, Zaguayo, Michoacán. 
you know? So, uh, okay, you got all kinds of sangre caliente. Yeah, hell yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's cool. So you you said they migrated from Mexico, ended up in San Fernando Valley, California. Yep. You stayed there for a little bit, and then eventually you ended up, your family came and settled in Southwest Detroit, and this is where you grew up. Yeah, man. So, you know, it took my parents, they got married. It took them five years to have me, you know. Um, Damn, they, they took their time. Yeah, they took their time, man. You know, it's crazy. Back in them days, it took five minutes. You right. know what I mean? And they was already popping babies. Right. Shit. Them families back in the day, seven, eight, nine, ten kids. I'd be like, dang. Man, mis abuelitos, bro. Like, mis abuelitos tienen mis tíos, man. I got a bunch of tíos, man. Tías, man. All the place. Like, damn. Hell they, yeah. don't have, they didn't have TV. Como se dice? No tenían tele. Estaban nada así, ya saben. Hell yeah. Cogiendo siempre up. I said, damn, they must have had good welfare back then. Or something. Right. Because I'm like, how did you even raise that many kids? Because back in the, you got to think, the 50s, 60s, you know what I'm saying? They were getting paid nickels, you know what I'm they saying? in Mexico, you know? That, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yep. Pero, they uh, must not have friend of the court over there. <laughs> right, <that's from> that. <laughs> so um tell us a little bit about your mother and then tell us a little bit about your father, man. So man, you know, uh I have a, a great relationship with my father. You know, he's um he's like a mother and father to me, you know. Uh, there was a point where he he was actually like a mother to me. But uh, I love my father. My mom, you know, my mom's a special, special lady, you know. I don't like disrespecting my mom porque al fin yo salí de ella, you know. Yeah, no, um, no doubt. No, no matter what, I respect my mom. But uh, yeah, man, she, she's a whole different, oh, whole different type of, you know, lady, man. But low-key, I still love her, you know. It's just a different type of love, you know. It's just, I don't show it. She don't show it. You know, we just keep it like that. So, you know, when you were telling me about that, it's crazy because... When you were telling me about your father and, you know, the lack of affection that you received from your mother, which most people, men, children, you know, they 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 learn to depend on their mother for that nurturing, for that hug, for that affection, for that love. You know what I'm saying? But you told me that you didn't have that kind of relationship with your mom, right? Yeah. You said she was more cold, real, real stern with you. Yeah. And, you know, kind of, you know, cold and disconnected, you yeah. know, and it was your father you know who came in and played both roles yeah. for you and i was like amazed because nine times out of ten when you hear stories like that you always hear stories about the women the mom being the playing the role of the mother mm -hmm. and the father just like my mom did but in his story his father nurtured him. His his father taught him, you know, how to be sensitive, respectful, understanding with women, um, you know, and being respectful and how to conduct yourself and, yeah. and, and also taught you to work ethics and taught you how to be a man and all these great things. And I was just amazed because you never hear story about men. Who, who raised their, their sons to be in tune with the sensitive side, to nurture them, to, you know, to have that, 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 even that motherly love, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Coming from a father though, like that's amazing, you know, yeah, that's great. My, my father, honestly, is one of a kind, mm -hmm. you know, I, uh, he told me, like you said, man, he taught me how to be a hard worker, you know, to respect women. He even showed me how to cook a little bit. You know, I'm oh. not the best cook, but I don't know if you ever had uh, los tacos de chachicha. Now pone la chachicha en un comal, con una tortilla, un chile verde. No, I'm, I'm good, man. Dame yeah. unos cinco tacos, man. I'm good. I'm good with that, you know. So yeah. my dad taught me a bunch, you know. My mom was just a whole, like I said, man. She was in a whole in her own world, but no matter what, she's still my mom. But my dad, you know, my dad, 
He always been there for me. So you were raised with both your parents. Yeah, I was. Yeah. Okay. And then you said that eventually your mother ended up, you know, parting ways and then coming back, right? Yeah. Okay. I, I want to say I was eight. I was either eight or nine. She um, she left, you know, for her reasons, whatever. And then uh, my dad was there, you know, trying to always tell me, you know, no matter what, she'll come back. Don't worry about it, you mm -hmm. know. And she he was. Took it back, you know, after a year, you know, I still don't understand why. The only thing I could think of is love, honestly, yeah. you know, so uh, that's why no reason, man. How many other guys would really take back the women that once left them, you know? Yeah. That's just, there's no other thing, man, you know, it's just love. Yeah, it's just and, love. and it's crazy to see it from a different perspective because, like, like, like men automatically expect for women to, to, to forgive them and take them back, you know what I'm saying? But it's different for a man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's harder for us because of the pride, because of the ego, you know, and things like that. So to hear that, you know, and then for your father to be that kind of example, you know what I'm saying? Because like you said, he was always positive. He was always reinforcing to you that, you know, she'll be back one day, this, this, that, and the other. But you're right. That's that's love, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. and and, it, and even from, whether it's from a man's perspective or a, a woman's perspective, you know. So, but, but you, you didn't really accept it too well. At that age, you were kind of upset with your father for making that decision, right? Yeah, I was, man. I, I always asked him why, why? And I'm going to say, because it's your mom. That's it. You know, it's your mom. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that's not a good enough reason. Even though, yeah, she is my mom, but it's not a good enough reason for me, you know? But maybe that's one, one of the reasons why me and her don't really get along because of that. Especially after I grew up and I was, I became from the streets, man. You know, I listened to the streets. The streets taught me. Mm -hmm. So because you're you're the only child too, right? Yeah, you don't have any siblings? No, right? I, that okay. man, that's childhood with no no brother or sisters is really sad. Even though I know the day I met you, I told you, uh, King Cora, you know, Pablo Beto was my mis carnales, you know. Yeah, and but, I thought they were your real brothers. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah, but man. I understand, you know. To me, they're my brothers, but I know I don't have blood related. But you know what? You don't have to be brothers to be, you know, you don't have to be blood, blood related. Blood to be related brothers. to be brothers. No, for sure, yeah. bro. I, I, I agree with that. But so I, because I remember I had asked you, like, when your family migrated to Detroit, like, did your mother or dad have any family here? Why did they come here? Like, what was their aim and purpose when they even migrated to Detroit in the first place? Well, la pura neta era porque uh, el trabajo, you know, work. Cali, you know, my dad worked like two or three jobs out there, you know. Okay. And they were barely okay. So once they had me, my dad's like, you know what, I got to find a better job somewhere where we could actually afford to live. Uh, and then un, un pariente de mi papá le llamó, hey, estamos en Detroit, Michigan, man. I went Halle. Vente para acá, you know. And yeah. mi papá was like, okay. He told, he told my mom, wait for me. I'll go go work a few months, and then um, I got a house. And in eight months, my dad, you know, got a house in Detroit. You know, you know what kind of work was he doing? Uh, he's still at that company, contract welding. He's a painter. Pinta okay. los camiones de, de basura, los dumpsters on the streets and okay. stuff. Okay, that's a good job. I actually got to work with him for seven years. After Dang, I got for real? School. Yeah. Okay. So he's raised your fan. He raised you off of this job. Yeah. Migrating here, buying a house. A house that you were raised in yeah yeah that's 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 really dope man and you said he's been doing it for what 30 years 30 right? years man wow he's that's a long time so you were able to work with your dad side by side and learn the skill as well oh huh? yeah man okay and how did you like it did you enjoy it 
el, el trabajo estaba bien. El trabajo estaba bien, pagaba bien. Uh, Sunday, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So I I appreciate my dad for giving me that job. You know, I he taught me everything that I know right now. So mm -hmm. I'm like, the único del trabajo era muchas horas, you know. And I I don't know, man. I needed something different, you know. Yeah. And then when you young, you kind of you know, you you want to do your work, but like like I worked with some Mexicanos from Texas, and we were doing concrete, we were doing roofing, and these guys. They ain't got no problem working all day. I'm talking about they'll come get me at 6 in the morning uh -huh. and want to come home at 8, 9 o'clock at night. And I'm talking about I'm like 17 years old, bro. And I'm like, man, I got shit to do. Yeah. You know, my little beeper beeping, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, bro, I'm not trying to work all day like this. You know what I mean? But they they work hard. They work long hours, man. I couldn't keep up with that shit, you know, especially at that age. Sí, you know what por, I mean? Porque con mi, con, con mi papá, entramos a las 5 de la mañana. And we used to get off like at 11 or 12 at night. So think about, you know, that's all the end in El Hale. So I'm like, man, there's no point, you know? I just, I didn't like that job no more. I had to get off. Oh, okay. All right. So, um, so where, what part of the neighborhood did you grow up in? And Logan and Mulane by Tejiraso. Oh, okay. All I right. I grew up, uh, that was the first time my dad uh, ever. What's up, bro? I, I don't understand what you're telling me. What I got to do, bro? Talk to me. Huh? Okay. So you were talking about? Oh, shit, yeah. I was in, um, in Logan and Mulane and uh, uh, Springwells. So I I make a una, una casa ahí en la esquina in Logan. Oh, so okay. that, was my, that was my neighborhood ever since I was a little baby. Yeah, yeah, no doubt about it, man. Uh, You know, because, you know, the, the neighborhood is like small. Like everybody, know, you know, you were either from the Verner area or you were from the McGraw area. Yeah. And, uh, you know, most of my family um, grew up, like, in, in the whole Verner neighborhood, from, like, Woodmere all the way down to, to Scotton. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My mother grew up in Corktown. Uh, you know, my family was so huge. So when you got a big family, I got, like, 100 cousins in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, uh, you know, we had family all over the place. You know? Yeah. And it's crazy because mostly all my family lived on that side of uh, on Verner. So once I moved out here, because uh, I moved out to McGraw, I didn't think there was Mexicans out there. Until I got there, I'm like, había muchos paisanos. I'm like, damn, man, we're really all over the place, you know? Yeah. And stuff, well, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, even like even in the neighborhood, um, you know, you see so many people like migrating. Like when I first came home, bro, like I see all these new Mexican, like generation of Mexicans that done come, you know, whether they migrated from Mexico, Texas, California, whatever, you know, was going on. But... They're, they brought their skill trade with them, yeah. bro. And they're building, like, all these beautiful homes. Like, that. Like that's the history of our people. Like, even when they built Aslan, bro, you know what I'm saying? Like, they built it on swampland, on swampland full of snakes, and yeah. they built an empire. And I'm like, you know, it, you know, our culture, our people, the strength, the wisdom, the the will to survive, you know what I'm saying? And, and uh, you know, to turn, to turn um, you know, shit into sugar. 
You know, you give us a community that's, that's blighted out, you know what I'm saying? And we'll build it up. So I'm coming, bro, and I'm literally seeing, like, all these Raza Mexicanos got these, like, mansions in the hood, yeah. fortresses. They're running businesses. And I'm like, man, I loved it, bro. I loved seeing, you know, the, the community thriving. And and even with, like, because, like, back in the 90s growing up, bro, like, gangs were really bad. And, yeah. like, people were stealing the aluminum off the side of your house, your gutters, your cars, your rims. You couldn't leave your doors open. Everybody needed a gun. Like, yeah. it was crazy. And now it's like... It's cool because everybody respects each other. Everybody stays in their own lane. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not saying we perfect, but we are doing a lot better oh, yeah. than, than we were before, bro. Tiempos han cambiado. You know, times have changed a lot back in the day. Because yeah. I'm a 90s baby, so I grew up in the 2000s. So 2000s, it was kind of kind of still rough. Yeah. You know, it was kind of rough for, uh, for a young Mexicano to be just walking down the street, you know? Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. So uh, what, what schools did you go to growing up? Man, I went to, uh, at first I went to Bennett. That was a very close, down the down the block from uh, Logan Mullane. Okay. I went to Bennett and then right away and um, I went to middle school, uh, CCA. You know, from 6th grade all the way to 12th grade and I was in CCA. Oh, okay. Like, and what was that like? When I first came home, my uh, my niece, she went to the CCA over there on, um, what is it, on Martin? Yeah. And uh, I, I went with her, and uh, we went on a field trip and stuff. So, But, like, there was no Cesar Chavez schools when I left the street. So when I came back, I, I was just so happy to see that the education department was acknowledging, you know, the, the culture of the community. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and I just thought that that was great, especially in the name of, of Cesar, Chavez, uh, Cesar Chavez. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, he's a general. He's a leader, man. And I salute him, you know, in life and in death, you know? Yeah, man. I, I think they started building uh, the, the CCA High School. I think I want to say it was 2000 and 2006. I think it was 2006 when they first built the high school. Okay. And from there, yeah, CCA started, you know, blowing up. Like that one CCA on Martin, I didn't even know about it till like uh, a few years ago. I'm like, there's a CCA right there on Martin. Like, that's crazy. Mm -hmm. I just knew about three, so that's a four. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. That, that school just blew up. They have a bunch of schools now. So when you went to school, like what kind of student were you? Did you play sports or anything like that? Or what did you get into? So when I was in sixth grade, man, I, sixth grade, I was a... Uh, I was a schoolboy, you know, I was a school, I was, you know, dress shoes, you know, like a schoolboy, man, con el pelo así, I was like, I don't know, man, era un niño, you know, so I was in, I was always, I'm, I've always been a guy to mind my own business, but uh, at that time, that's when, you know, people were just bullying me around, you know, mm -hmm. just the way I was looking at, you know, siempre tenía la, la camisa fajada y todo eso, yeah. and they used to always like, you know, I'll pick on me, you know? Yeah, and I clowning, you know, yeah. I already know, man. At a young age, you get the blazing, you know what I'm saying? Especially if you see somebody who don't fit in with your crowd or, you know, like you said, you dress more sophisticated. You know, everybody in the hood, they used to dress in, like, you know, sagging pants and all that. Yeah. You know, and they was cracking jokes on you, huh? Yeah, man, that, that's the only thing that my dad didn't te teach me when I was younger about uh, defend yourself, you know? Like, oh, okay. do something about it. That's something my dad never told me. Okay. Maybe because it was for my own good at that time. Maybe he, yeah. he probably told me, he, he probably think, oh, this, this guy's got to go crazy and start beating people up, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that's one of the reasons why my dad never told me to defend myself. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, I was just picked on. So, you know, and around that time, that's when uh, my parents were really fighting. They were really not paying attention. Before it was bad, this time was worse. 
not even my dad was really listening to me at this time. Yeah. So I didn't know I didn't have no one to turn to until um, I I had some homies down the block and they they were from my school from CCA. He he me dijo, uh, you know what? I seen what they're doing. We got you. You know, we'll teach you. Mm-hmm. But you gotta be a part of the, the family. And to me, when they told me that, I'm like, oh, a family. You know, well, my family ain't really taking care of me, so probably these guys will treat me more like a family member. You know. Mm-hmm. And and they they did man they they taught me to defend myself never walk with your head down always you know keep it high just watch your surroundings you know mm-hmm. and um you you know that's 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 very powerful you know to teach you you know to make eye contact with men to walk with your with your head high and um so so did they did they take care of that problem the guys that was uh that that you know was giving you a hard time at school. Yeah, they, they took over it, you know. So so I know that I mean I can imagine you felt good like like these brothers really got love for yeah. me. Like they defend my honor, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So you felt love immediately, you felt respect, even powerful. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because I was a part of a family, you know, because my real family ain't taking care of me, so the homeboys said a part of family, all right back. Ya son mis carnales, you know, brothers, you know. Those are the very first people that I ever called brothers. You know, but okay. I just didn't know what they meant by that. Okay. So, so what was that transition like for you, though? You know what I'm saying? Like, man. what 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 changed in your life? Like, to go from, you know, a good school kid, you know, who was, you know, parent, your father did the best he did could to treat you right. And, you know, they're going through hard times. They're going through turmoil. And, you know, even though they don't realize how to impact you, they're focused on what they're what they're going through. And now you you looking for guidance somewhere else. Yeah. You go to the homies and and now you're you're in the transition now. So what does that transition look like for you, though, bro? Man, la pura neta, it was because, man, they they honestly, they switched everything about me. You know, uh, they, 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 they even hooked me up with shoes. Pants, you know, they told me, hey, you don't got money for a haircut? We got you. Go get a haircut. You know, that cuando ya, I changed my, even my hairstyle. It was different. I wasn't bald, mm-hmm. pero ya estaba como slick back type hair, you know? Yeah. So, it was kind of, it was surprising for me, man. Cause so, you changed your whole dress code? The whole appearance and everything, man. You know, they you know. they actually taught me everything man, about the street code, you know? Okay. And I appreciate them. But the only thing that kind of blew my mind was when they told me, now everybody that you see in red is your enemy. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. And they just told me, this is a G code. This is a code. You know? Mm-hmm. You got to follow it. And yep. that's crazy because that, that I still remember the words in my mind, you know? It's, those, those, those times were rough. Yeah. So so they're telling you that now now you're part of us. Like, like what's the name of your tribe, bro? Uh... I was riding with Los Sureños. Okay, all right. And so they're teaching you the ethics of the gang, how we operate, how we move, who our friends are, who yeah. our enemies are. So they're telling you, anybody you see in red, this is your enemy now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So so now you're at a young age. You know, you're, you're with these brothers. It's your family now. And um, so, like, what was your first encounter like? Like your first uh, gang encounter, you know? It probably it was gonna be in middle school. You know, I was in eighth grade, mm-hmm. and um, CCA was always known for being a, a, a Sureño school. You know, okay. Western always been counts. You know, 
but there was a little bit of Sudan um, counts in CCA, and there were always there was a few ca cash flows too on there. Mm -hmm. I, I it was always, I think it was in the, I want to say it was outside in the lunchroom. We were all you know, lunchtime and everything, and you could tell right away when there were, when there were um, back in the day they didn't care. They used to always wear rags. You know, that's right away because CCA color was a blue shirt and the CCA logo was red. It was red, yeah. And, and the Southsiders, they always used to color that shit, the red in. And it's crazy, you know, I'm yeah. like, that. even one little piece of red, you got yeah. colored in, you yeah. know. But uh, it, it was that first encounter was outside um, in the lunchroom. Our eighth, eighth grade was just... And it's crazy because it's really that deep, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially at that age when you're raised with gang ethics and gang rules, like like you really um, transform yourself mentally, you know, yeah. and you put blocks and barriers in which you accept and what you don't accept. And, you know, so before, prior to me going to prison, like Sureños had not yet migrated to Southwest yet. The only gang that had migrated was the, the Muertos. You know what I'm saying? Like they were the only ones, they were the first ones that migrated. You know, I believe they came from Cali, you know. So so then I went to prison after that. And while I was in prison, I heard about the Sureños migrating from Colorado, from um, from um, Cali, from Texas, from all over these states. And they came here. And uh, and even like in, in, in uh, a lot of them were in Pontiac, Grand Rapids, Holland, Muskegon. I'm like, damn, bro. Like, yeah. I didn't realize that, you know, they, you know, that the tribes have migrated like that and, and settled here. And the thing about it is, like, you know, I was a cash flow, bro, but I never beefed with no with no Sudanios. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But but now that I'm in prison and brothers are calling home like, hey, bro, if this one got shot, this one got stabbed. They just shot the house up. So now the beef that's going on in the street yeah. is impacting the, the politics in prison. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then it was a major conflict for me because I'm flying my bandera. You know, I'm a cash flow. I'm standing on my shit. But I also stand with my rasa, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So now I see my people from, you know, the counts, the flows, everybody wanting to go against all the Sudanios that are in prison. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, damn, I'm, I don't support that because I don't support, you know, going at my own people. You yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, you know, it, it, a, lot of, a lot of times it just left me in the middle a, a lot because I just didn't agree, you know, with, with them politics. You know yeah. what I mean? And uh, but that's how impactful the things happen. You know, they 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 become impactful on the outside, on the inside. And it it just changes everything, you know. Yeah, that that's why growing up, I finally realized because growing up, I want to say I was 16 or 17. That's when I started realizing a lot of stuff like racism, you know. There's a bunch of people that don't, don't like our kind, you know, mm -hmm. and I was thinking, okay, our parents crossed the border, risked their lives to, to give us a better future, right? Mm -hmm. Why are we out here killing each other over colored rags? You know, mm -hmm. we were, we're supposed to be united. Mm -hmm. And that's what I didn't understand when I was a younger kid. But growing up, I'm like, Man, there's a bunch of racism going around and we're over here just killing each other over, you know, a color rag. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's what my mentality of, Las gangas cambiaron, you know. I always trying to keep it, you know, positive, you know, put a brown pride, and that's the color we should be, you know, fighting for. No, no other color. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. But, um, you know, I had asked you if you had watched that movie Apocalypto before, yeah. you know, and it just teaches you, bro, the history. I don't care if it's going hundreds or thousands of years back. Like, you know, this is history of tribes 
who became territorial, who have conquered other people. You know, they went against themselves. They enslaved surrounding tribes and they all come from the same people. So we're not doing anything that has not already been done. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, we are just repeating behavior. We are just repeating history. But the thing about it is now that we're a conscious people, though, we can change the direction of things. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We could set new standards. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and and we could change the ethics in our community. We could change the politics in our community because now we're conscious. We know who we are, where we come from, what we represent, where we're from, where we're at, and where we're headed. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so, you know, that makes a big difference today. And I really applaud brothers like you and, you know, all them good brothers that you introduced me to, you know, yeah. King Quota, Birdo, Dave, the Grupo Monte, Los Astros, all like, man, I love, I love seeing them brothers doing good, especially at the young age and boys thriving, man. Yeah. I salute you brothers, man. I look forward to working with you brothers and having you guys here and telling your stories. Yep. Yeah, man. Los Astros, man, Grupo Monte, all my brothers, man, they got talent. You got to have them on the show one time. I'm going to have them on yeah. the show, and I'm going to have them do my wedding shower. Oh, hell yeah. Come on through para echar unos gritos. You know, compa. <laughs> <laughs> and then next week, we got your homeboy, El Compa Oso. He coming on. You know, so I'm going to have them boys do a little performance. Have me yeah, up yeah. here doing gritos all night long. Yeah. <laughs> Otra, compa. You right? Se <laughs> la bucana. Yeah. So, um, so now that you're young, you're in the gang now, like, uh, like what, where, where, where is your life headed to now? What type of direction, you know, what, what got you into it? What's got you out of it? You know what I'm saying? Like there's so much good, bad, and the ugly. When you join a gang, you think the best of everything, every brother. Yeah. And then later on in life situations occur, things happen and things change, you know? Yeah. But about that, like I, I rap my stuff, but I wasn't active. I, I'm not going to tell you, man, I. I was just going, going to everybody, just checking them. You know, anybody who was wearing red, I, I was not going up to them and be like, hey, what's up? I was mm -hmm. never like that. I always, always mind my business. If they used to come up to me, that's when we, you know, do something about mm -hmm. it. But I always mind, mind my business. I finished school, you know. That's one thing I always wanted. I wanted to finish school. And like, I no matter what, man, even though I, I'm, I wasn't dope, even so bro. good at that's school, dope, bro. I tried, you know. My senior year, I was trying my best. And muy apenas pasé. But I did it, you know? Hell yeah. But just that you stuck with it, though, because yeah. most youth that get involved in gangs, they immediately go to the streets and school falls to the wayside. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I made it up to ninth grade, bro. But I wasn't raised to value education. I was raised to value survival. Yeah. You know what I mean? So me selling bags of weed in the streets was more important to me than going to school, you know what I'm saying? Because I needed to live for the day. I, you know, I know my brothers needed shit. I know that my mom needed help paying the bills and the mortgage payment and, you know, and all these types of yeah. things. So my life took a different direction. But for you, in the midst of all that, you know what I'm saying? Because a lot of brothers will discourage you from oh, that. Yeah. Oh, man, you lame, you whack as hell school, man. You better come chill with us, you know, hold down the hood. You can easily fall into that path. Yeah. But it was something inside of you you know what I'm saying? That that was determined to to at least get your your GED. I mean your uh your diploma. Yeah. And that's and that's a a big deal, bro. That's a huge success. You know, and and uh, I'm happy for you, and I'm I'm proud of you, and uh and um you know. So where do where do you go now from here after graduation? Like that's a lot to celebrate. Man, honestly, I I started working right away. I started working. And my papa dijo, no hay tiempo para fiestas. Si ya saliste, si no quieres colegio. Ponte a trabajar, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah. he's like, 
I'll give you a job with me. So I'm like, okay, I prefer money than college at that time. You know, and I still do. You know, I ain't gonna yeah. lie. Los trabajos sí es una chinga, pero, you know, it pays up the bills and stuff like that. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I, I You know, it's it's just, uh, you know, it's rough when you have to make a decision like that. You know what I mean? As a youth and as an adult. You know, I see yeah. so many adults today who still value their education. They work, their parents. Like, I don't even know how they do it. Yeah. You know, like... um you know, taking care of kids, working a job, you know, fulfilling your job, educating, you know, I mean, it's it's just so much. I don't even know where people find the time and energy for that, you know, because yeah. even just the way that I live, you know, what I do in my professional life, what I do in my personal life and any other projects I got going on, like it, it consumes me, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? I do my best to find balance and manage because, you know, you, you know, I serve a lot of people, so I have to distribute a lot of my time, you know, to everybody, bro. But, yeah. you know, one thing for sure, I always make sure that home is good you know what i'm saying yeah, yeah yeah but um so uh you know you grew up in the neighborhood you went to the cca um you know you got got into the neighborhood and, and that was crazy because i you know automatically i had assumed that anybody anybody that was a sureño from the neighborhood was had migrated here right. wasn't from here i thought everybody was from cali right right and then but a lot of the newer generations who grew up you know, um, in the neighborhood who didn't choose to be a count or a cash flow or a Cobra or a D King or a square boy or whatever that was, you know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of them also said that uh, the reason that they chose to be Sureños, even though they were like from Detroit is because of the culture. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because most gangs, the you know, the counts of cat like we're very diverse. Yeah. We got black, white, Latino, Arab, the you know, Native American brothers. We have all kinds. Yeah. And you know, we always show strength in diversity. You know what I'm saying? But I know a lot of brothers, young brothers like you, Chicano brothers, who really embrace the Mexican culture and that's what kind of swayed them towards, you know, being sureños and and adopting the that California Chicano lifestyle, Tejano lifestyle, you know yeah. what I mean? And, um, you know, so it was cool, you know, just to see that transition. So, um, you know, I, I'm always going to start out my second part with something positive. And um, so what I think about is is uh, Romans 12 two, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I mean, it's such a powerful quote. And 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 because. Because that is what empowers people to realize that no matter what your situation or your circumstances are, that you have the ability to be able to move forward. You have the ability and a power to live within the world that is within you to be able to make your situation different and change the your by changing your perspective on things. You know, I mean, you could be in a dark hole and you could be naked and you could be cold. You know what I'm saying? But how you live in your mind, you can live in a paradise. You know what I'm saying? So I just want everybody to know that wherever you at, if you want something different, if you want something better, if you want to change, it all starts with you. And you have that privilege. You have that gift. You know what I'm saying? So please apply it, practice it. And I promise you, you ain't going to regret it because you're going to see all these great results and all the things that, that, that come to you naturally, you know, just by just by transitioning your life and doing what's right. So what do you guys think about that? You know, um, you know, growth, we all go through growth, you know, who we are as children, who we are as men, you know what I'm saying? Like 
you be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a transition, yeah. you know, even you transitioning from, you know, going to a certain school to finding different friends, to figuring, having a lifestyle, to having a mother, to not having a mother. Like these are different transitions that we go through and we have to learn to adapt to our new situation uh, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. We constantly go through transitions, you know what I'm saying? So like when's the last time that you remember that you went through a transition where you had to change the way that you think probably uh <clears throat> mm, every 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 once in a while i go through kind of like some trial and tribulation shit you know it's kind of just like i'm fucking up and i need to get my shit together you know what i mean so it's like uh it's because you know so many people they 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 blame their growth or lack of growth on people, circumstances, situations, you know what I'm saying? Right. But I tell people all the time, like you have all the answers. And a lot of times when you're going through turmoil, that's just that's just a, a, a process yeah. of, that's a part of the process of change and growth is discomfort. You suffer, you sacrifice, you think you're losing something, but really you gaining yeah. something because now you broke it, breaking barriers within yourself. You learning how to transition and adapt to different situations. Yeah. So it educates you, it makes you powerful. You know what I'm saying? And once you conscious like that, then you then you can share your experiences with others and impact their lives the same way, yeah, you know. So um, before we left, we were talking about, you know, Sombra coming up in the neighborhood. We were talking about childhood. We were talking about adolescence. Um, and, 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 and now you guys were able to experience some of his some of his skills. So um, how did you come about, bro, like with music? Like who inspired you, um, you know, to 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 want to get into the business? Ah, uh, pues la pura neta, mi familia viene de, le gusta la música, de mi familia Garban, le gusta la música. Um, so that, that was already in my blood, no más que ellos cantan, and yo no, pues yo no, I can't sing, <laughs> you know, so I'm like, what else can I do? So I, I used to uh, listen to a lot of Chicano rap back in the day. Okay. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you Biggie Smalls and Tupac inspired me because they didn't. Mm -hmm. It was all Chicano rap. It was, uh. Uh, Mr. Criminal, uh, Little Rob, Mr. Shadow, High Power Soldiers. You know, I was mm -hmm. always into that Chicano rap. That's why a lot of people right now tell me your music kind of sounds Chicano, mm -hmm. like a Chicano rap, but it's not. You're 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 doing a different type type of taste in your music. Mm -hmm. They could tell you, man, you sound like a Chicano rapper, but you're on some Detroit stuff. You know, like but yeah, that? that second. What was the name of that second song you did? Uh, Bucanas. Bucana, man, that boy was hard, and it had you could hear Detroit in it. And then you just like killed it, bro. Like that was dope, man. I love Thank it. You, I, I, I could listen it. to that over and over. <laughs> you know what I mean? Thank you, man. I appreciate it, man. Bucanas, uh, we shot that one video. Uh, it was that was my last video. Shout out to Caso. You know he's uh my, Caso. What's up, boy? What's We're gonna up, get you man. on here too, man. Yeah, he's my he's my number one cameraman. I don't go to nobody else, man. Honestly, yeah. anybody ask me who's your cameraman, I always send it to Caso. Mm -hmm. You know. Okay. He might charge, but hey, man, he's professional. He's, he's a pro, you know, so. Okay. I appreciate you inviting me in on that video, too, yeah, man. No. I was geek. He said, well, yeah, come on through, pull up. I said, I'm there, you know. Yeah, Them man. boys was vaqueroed out. I said, hell yeah, where the horse at? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, man, we got to show the world that I, I, I'm Mexicanos, I Latinos in Detroit, because a lot of people, I went, we down, we went down to um, Kansas, and they yeah. told us where we're from. I'm like, Detroit, like. Eight mile Eminem? Like, no. <laughs> they, didn't know, no. they didn't know there was raza here in Detroit. No, yeah. you know, no, no saben que hay Latinos, you know, and th that's my that's my goal to make Detroit 
other than Eminem, you know, I, I think we Detroit deserves that. Like all I Latinos, you know, oh, they they do they yeah. Do, they do, just do, need do. to know that we we diverse because you know Detroit, a big part of Detroit is predominantly black. So people yeah. identify Detroit with with black communities. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you know we are also people of color. You know what I'm saying? And Southwest Detroit has been ours. You know what I'm saying? And and still ours. We're thriving and and we're moving as well. We're yeah. all through Down River, River Rouge, Ecor, Southgate, Brownstown, yeah. Flat Rock, Taylor, all through there. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So you know it's all good, man. And it just adds diversity because now you can go anywhere and see a taqueria. I'm in Allen Park. I'm everywhere. I'm yeah. like, man, they got taco truck taquerias everywhere. You know. <laughs> And and I like that though, you know what I'm saying. I love to see, you know what I'm saying, like Mexican people thriving, you know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying, uh, in the midst of everybody else as well. Yeah, you know. So um, so you said your family was always in the music. Did anybody play instruments or? Uh, I casi told me still they play, you know, but they never take it serious. They just play for fun, you know. Have a get drunk, drunk real yeah. quick. Yeah. <laughs> a barbecue, sucking in the mic, and karaoke, you know. Yeah, and I love that. I love that vibe, you know, and. That the music always been in me. You, you know? know, after we drink, we all think we can sing. You know, and I grew up with all that music, man. You know, I grew up mm -hmm. con Vicente. I grew up uh como los bookies, los tucanes. Yeah, yeah. los bookies, los tigres, yeah, that's my stepmom's yeah. favorite group is Los Yonings. <laughs> yeah, and that's you know a lot of other artists from here. They don't when they tell you about uh, Mexican music, they really don't like it, and I don't, I don't understand why. Maybe because I, I grew up in the Chicano and I I listen to corridos, mm -hmm. but mostly me and my team we're the ones honestly that son Latinos and they really like you know the culture like that. They're like mm -hmm. yeah, play some corridos, you know, like after yeah. a rap show and stuff like that. You yeah, know? yeah, no doubt. Ain't no doubt, man. It's, uh, you know, being able to mesh everything and bring everything yeah. together, you know what I'm saying, to be able to appreciate, practice, and apply, you know, all these things, you know what I'm saying, is, is really good, especially when you're breaking down barriers and bringing your culture with you, you know what I'm saying, because that's what you're doing. You're meshing, you know. Every, any, everywhere I've been, you know, any like I said, I've been to L.A., I've been to Mexico, I've been to Texas, and everybody's like, man, you talk like you black, you black. I'm like, listen, bro, I'm from Detroit, so our culture is influenced by black communities by mm -hmm. black people their music the way they dress mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but that doesn't make me nonetheless a mexican and then i bust your motherfucking head at the same time you know what i'm saying however you wanted the english spanish yeah. niggas all the same yeah. you know but uh you know it's just you know the people you don't know, fail to realize like oh you trying to be black i ain't trying to be black bro you know what i'm saying i i i've grown up with black culture you know what i'm saying yeah. so yes it's very influential just like uh latino culture is very influential yeah. you know what i'm saying Shit, i seen shows you seen blacks from cali to hey homes and this yeah. and i was like damn that's crazy yeah. but it makes sense because you become a product of your environment what you raised with mm -hmm. You know, you get people who discriminate against Mexicans or blacks who grow up in white communities or white people who grow up in, in, in urban communities. Like, you trying to be this, you trying, no, I ain't. I'm just a product of my community, my environment. You know yeah. what I'm saying? If anything, I got a privilege now because I can go in more places than you because right. I speak more languages than you because yeah. I know how to speak everybody's tongue. I know how to communicate with everybody so I can go places you can't go. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the big thing about diversity and what it does for us as a people.
Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It opens up doors for opportunity. You know what I'm saying? For everybody involved. Yeah. And that's something about Detroit, man. Uh, los Mexicanos que viven aquí, ya es costumbre to say the N-word. You know, and mm -hmm. there's other places that they... Los Mexicanos be... You're like, oh, you're trying to be black? You ain't black, homie. You know, mm -hmm. and they right away check you for that. But I used to say the N-word a lot. Ya, mm -hmm. ya la bajé poquito, you know? Ya la bajé por... Because yeah, honestly, yeah. if you go to, even to the east side and west side of Detroit, you say that, they look at you kind of like, hmm, mm -hmm. what? You know, there's not... Yeah. Not used to Mexican it. just say... What? Yeah. They're, they're okay in Southwest area saying the N word, but you go yeah. out somewhere else, they'd be like, "What the hell?" Yeah, you know yeah, you know? yeah, no doubt about it. I understand, but you know, everybody has a perspective. But yeah. but where that comes from is people who don't move beyond their their yeah. their communities, their barriers. You know what I'm saying, bro? I, I like I lived in River Rouge. I grew. I went to school out there, and I used to bring all my family, cousins, homies, all from the neighborhood, come to Rouge, and these niggas thought they was in the suburbs. I'm like, <laughs> bro, it's a ten minute drive, bro. Like it ain't nowhere. You know what I'm saying? The houses are a little nicer, the streets are a little cleaner. But I'm gonna bust your head in Rouge, though. You know what I'm saying? But it's just like a lot of brothers never left the perimeters of their communities yeah. and neighborhoods. You know what I mean? And I think that that's unfortunate because it blocks your vision. You don't know how to dream. You want different, but don't even know what it looks like. You want more, but don't know what it looks like. It's hard for me to think big when I'm surrounded by everything that's so small. You know what I'm saying? So it's up to us to be able to tap into that creative mind. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That creative spirit, the, the same spirit, you know what I'm saying? That our ancestors had, that they built empires with. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, we man. got to keep moving forward, man, and make it contagious. Just like negativity is contagious, let's make positivity the same way, man. Yeah. And the best way to do it is to be a leader and to lead by example, man. Yeah, you know, do it in your music, do it in your action, do it as a father, do it as a as a figure, as a community member. Let it be what you do. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Let that be part of your mission and your commitment to yourself, to your community, because the better you become, the better your family becomes, the better your community oh, becomes, oh, the better the world becomes. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Flags, man. What? Yeah. What's wrong with you? What? <laughs> Ain't no doubt about it. So, like, what encourages your music? And, like, who are some artists today that kind of inspire you? Uh, the one that inspired me today, man, honestly, is uh, Mr. Criminal. He's a West Coast artist, you know? Okay. Mr. Criminal, he's dope, man. Uh, MC Magic, he, he does a lot of uh, that talk box. I want to learn how to do that. It's like, uh, it's out of tune, but yeah, he does tune, but with, uh... Keyboard with you a know. keyboard and like a uh, some kind of like um like a tube, like right? a tube, tube? Oh, yeah, like a tube, yeah. yeah. That's that's talent, bro. Ain't that like don't do that like, like Zach that? and Roger style? Like you remember how Zach? Oh, was, you know okay, what I mean? yeah. Talk box? Yeah, that's basically what it is. Man, I don't. Even, that's an instrument too, right? Yeah, it's a, yeah man, that's talent, bro. For mm -hmm. him to do that while still playing, man, I want to learn how to do that. that that's real talent. Even an accordion is is like yeah, I'm like, man, yeah. an accordion is a hell yeah. hell of an instrument. Especially when you're drunk because you just bust that motherfucker out. You don't even have a real. Un rinconcito <laughs> en el cielo, yeah. juntos unidos los dos. <laughs> hell yeah. I swear, bro. I love you know. I love I love listening to uh, Duranguense. I love um, uh, uh, Tejano music, like all that, bro. I, I love ranchera music, though. Mm -hmm. That's like my favorite all time. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. Uh, another artist that has to be um, King Lou G. King Lou G. Um, he he kind of blew up in 2012, right? He blew mm -hmm. up in that time, and uh, he's one of him, Criminal MC Magic. Um, Mr. Shadow, you know, all those artists, man, they were big inspired for me. Mm -hmm. A lot of people always tell me that I 
I I'm a wannabe Kim Lil G, you know. But <laughs> it's crazy because uh, me me and him have nothing in common. I'm on some Detroit stuff. He's on some other, mm -hmm. you know. But it's just talk. Haters talking. Man. So are you getting support from the community and your music? Like, what kind of feedback are you getting? I, dude, honestly, I got a, I move, I mucha raza de support. They, because I got a lot of friends there. They're into a, a lot of corrido stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. So they they don't really support rap like that. Because the thing about Detroit is that. Como que la raza no apoya mucho como el rap mexicano, mm -hmm. you know, Spanish mm -hmm. rap. They don't support Chicano really. So they just into corridos, you know. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of hard, but we're getting there. We're getting more people that supporting. And like, oh, this guy's rapping in Spanish, you know. He's done some Detroit stuff, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, poco a poco la raza is starting. Yeah. So what is it like balancing, you know, who you are as an entertainer, performer, and then separating that lifestyle from being a father, you know, having a wife and kids and a home and all that, because, you know, you have a lot of young brothers out there, you know, who struggle with knowing how to separate, you know, the alter egos, separating, you know, who they are in entertainment from who they are at home. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? When you're trying to be a full-time rapper every day, that shit might, might affect your household. It could affect your friendships and things like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So how are you able to find that balance? And not only that, be able to manage, you know, being able, because you have to have time, you know, because yeah. when you're an entertainer, it takes time, it takes energy, stuff like that. And, um, you know, sometimes it can be a lot of wear and tear on a family, especially when you got young kids and stuff like yeah. that. So how are you able to manage that? Honestly, man, it's, it's the support of uh, who your partner is, you know. Mm -hmm. See, tu señora... It's más difícil when, when your wife don't support you than when your wife does support you. Like, for example, you know, we're here. I could have left my wife at home, but I told her, hey, man, come on, you know. I spent a little bit more time with you because I, I still work. I do rap, and I still be a father. So yeah. to me, I, I already got used to that, you know. Mm -hmm. I can't take her to work. Yeah, I can't yeah. take her to work, but in this music shit, she's with me. You know, yeah, she's taking dope. my manager in this yeah. music stuff, you know. And you so, got to have a strong woman, yeah. a woman that understands and supports you. Because even for me to be able to do what I do and live my life, bro, my life is hectic. And it starts early at mm -hmm. 7, 8, at, and, and then all the way to 8, 9 at night. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Sometimes I don't even see my lady or I'm not home all day. You know what I'm saying? But she knows that I ain't out here that cabron and all this shit. She know I'm out here networking, putting pieces together and making things happen. Right. I'm productive. I got to be in motion, baby. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You know, God gives me what I need, but I grind for what I want, bro. You know what I'm saying? So, but but it does, every strong man requires to have a strong woman. And if yeah. you're in a relationship that understands and supports you, going to have your back. Because, you know, when you come home, you want to be able to leave the rest of the world out on, 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 on the doorstep when I come in. You know what I'm saying? And, and uh, so, you know, that's that's definitely a big part of being able to manage things is having somebody who's willing to understand and cooperate what your lifestyle and situation is and what requires of you. Yeah, man, I'm blessed, man. I'm blessed to be married to my to my girl because she supports me in every way. She, uh, well, for example, when when I need help because my Spanish ain't 100 percent so good. So mm -hmm. I, I asked her, Emma, what does this sound like or what does this rhyme with or what does this mean? Mm -hmm. You know, so we're a team, man. Like with, with the same with the models, man. She she hits up the models. So technically sometimes I don't hit up the models no more. Mm -hmm. She does it. I'm like, hey, what do you think about this girl with the big butt? I'm like, hey, if you pick her, it must be a good choice. You know, <laughs> that's the right answer. I can't be like, damn, she's fine, you know? Because that's better. 
I guess, hey, you pick her, that's fine by me, you know? Yeah, You're in yeah. charge of that. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. That's cool, you know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you got a partner, you got a teamwork, you know what I'm saying? That's dope, bro. So, so my man King Quota, he do music too, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, tell him a little bit about, you know, some of the music that you do and what motivates you. Um, <clears throat> really, what mo what motivates me to do music, honestly, is just it's kind of kind of my my brother's on some real shit. You feel me? Like, um, I've always uh, I've always been into music growing up. Kind of the same way, like you know, my both my parents uh, immigrated from uh, Mexico. Okay. What part so, of Mexico they come from? They're from Jalisco. Oh. Okay. It's not called uh, San Ignacio Cerro Gordo. San Ignacio, uh, yeah. My uh, boys live in San Ignacio, yeah, man. That's the motherfucking place, right? There. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to my dog Paco Camarena, que onda cabrón, no mames, wey. You feel me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So basically, I grew up. I grew up uh, listening to a lot of um, re uh, regional. Mexican, you know, Spanish music, mm -hmm. but then um, <clears throat> I also got into hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Because of my brothers and my cousins and shit like that. And um, so I can't sing for shit. <laughs> right, huh? Like you said, like when you get when you drunk, you already you yeah, know. You trying to be very white. You trying to be very white. It wasn't coming out right. Vicente Fernandez or something. Hell you know, yeah. I ain't got the voice <laughs> like that, man. Yeah. But so I kind of since I I was born into like the the Spanish music, the Spanish uh the regional you know música mexicana. Uh huh. And then since well, uh, I got into hip hop. Like my favorite. Uh, my all-time favorite artist that inspired me is uh, 50 Cent and Ice Cube. Those will always, be, those will always be my, like, my number one, boy. my number one uh, influencers, I would say. You know what I mean? Ice Cube has been all my one of my all-time favorite mm, yeah. people, just person yep. in general, oh. just to see all the transitions that he went through, how he started, where he's been, where he's at, mm -hmm. like... I, I hope one day in life I could meet Ice Cube and yeah, sit same, down bro, and have a conversation here, with here. him because uh, he's a beast, bro. You know what I'm saying? And, and he's a good man and, and all that stuff. You know what I mean? So definitely salute to Ice Cube. Man, 50. What's up, boy? But um, like, did you guys grow up listening to... um? Like Motown music, like I grew up listening to the Temptations, the yep. Four Tops, the Stylistics, yep. the Dramatics, yep. then freestyle music. I grew up listening to freestyle. A lot, mm -hmm. bunch of my cousins were DJs. I DJed when I was younger. And uh, so did you guys, were you guys able to be raised with any of that? Were you familiar with it or? I was uh, I was raised with uh, oldies, lowrider oldies. Like my brother, he's, uh, he's very into lowrider uh, low scene. He's been into it for the past uh, 15 years. Okay. You know what I mean? So I was always, we were always bumping like the Temptations, Billy Stewart, the fucking, the Delphonics, you know, all the old school shit. All yeah. the shit you be bumping in the, you know what I mean? In the Ramplas, you know? Yeah. And, um. What about like Marvin Gaye, Al Green, yeah, and all that good all the, stuff? You know, the old school, you know what I mean? The good yeah. classics. As, uh, and I never, I was never really, um, how do I say? I knew, actually, I knew about freestyle because one of my neighbors, she listened to it a lot, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I didn't really, like, I don't know. I didn't, I, it was interesting to me, you feel me? Because mm -hmm. what I liked about it, though, was, like, the, the upbeat, like, the, the upbeat, beat, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, like, no doubt. I never really paid attention to the, 
to the word, like to what they were saying. I just like the beats. I'm like, that sounds pretty sweet, you know. But I, I, I never really got into it, you know. What I mean? And so and you know, was... even back then, that was another crossover we took in music where we took African Bambada, Planet Rock. You know, mm -hmm. these were all you know black community. These were black mm -hmm. leaders who came through with yeah. these music, and we were able to mesh freestyle with it. So freestyle, in the clubs, freestyle was called Latin hip hop. Hip hop was taken from us. Okay. All right. All right. But I mean, back in the days, like all the breakers, you know what I'm saying? You had a lot of Puerto Rican breakers from the Bronx, from New York, even out here. You know, we had breaking at its finest. Like everybody had the Adidas track. I mean, I still rock it. I got a whole closet full of Adidas, everything. You know what I'm saying? But like, you know, our people have been meshed in with so many different cultures, bro. You know what I'm saying? And it's just nice to see the diversity and nice to see that we can break down barriers and fit in wherever we want to. You know what I'm saying? So what does the future look like for you, bro? Man, the future? You got a baby girl on the way too, right? So you're yeah. going to have two daughters. Two daughters, okay, man. Okay, then. Two daughters. That's that's a big... Uh, if one was the responsibility, just imagine two. You know? Yeah, so it's yeah. just... It, yeah, your imagination out. is going to become reality. Talk about imagine, <laughs> imagine nothing. It's about to be reality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yep. Man, I'm just honest with the future just to take care of my family, keep doing what I'm doing, you know, and hopefully... Mm -hmm. In five years, this this uh this always eternal thing I going on is a label, you know. I'm trying to make it into an empire, you know. So, well, we're tell them where can they find your music, man? Where can they look up? Where can they find you? Who you want to work with? Who's an artist that you would like to work with? Yeah, man. Uh, so on Spotify, YouTube, todo is uh Sombra SWM. Sombra SWM. A lot of people like to uh ask me what the SWM stands for. A lot of people say Southwest Mafia. It's not. It's Southwest Mexican. Um. I'm sure you heard of SPM, right? Yes, I am. He was one of the guys that inspired me too. I almost forgot too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and what about Mamas? Does she inspire you too? Oh yeah. Look at little Mamas. We're wearing the same colors, Mamas. Yeah, SPM. Uh, that's how people could remember him. As you don't even need to hear his name, his full name. You know, it's yeah. just SPM. Oh, I know who he is. You know. Yeah, yeah. That's no how doubt. I want them to remember me. The SWM, South Mexicano. Oh yeah, yeah, it's that guy. You know. Oh, okay. So that's yeah. what I want to be remembered by, to be honest. And uh, man, a future artist I want to work with, man. Man, it's I don't know. It's a lot of um, a lot of artists out there with a lot of talent. You know. Mm -hmm. I can't. I mean, shout out to all the Southwest artists out there, man. They they've been doing no a lot doubt, of, man. Shout Gino, out Gino, Southwest Gino, man. He's dope, man. Oh, I want to yeah. work with him. Yeah. That's tough. Well, listen, man, we at the end of the show. I appreciate you sharing your story. I appreciate you sitting in. But we at the part of the show now where you get to sign the, the Wall of Fame, bro, here at Lit Music uh, Entertainment right, Studios, bro. You on the El Nino podcast, baby. You hear me? All the way live. Come on, let's make our way over here. This has been an episode of Real Everyday People, part of the El Nino Podcast. Check out the El Nino Podcast live on Facebook every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. And for full episodes, the El Nino Podcast is available on Facebook and YouTube.